Welcome to the MC Universe. We are the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David. I'm Jean. And I'm Alicia. And we've got a packed agenda today. First, we'll be catching up on what's going on with Marvel Animation and the special presentations. And then we're going to get into our Loki prep. Uh, we're going to do a quick reminder of what happened last season, plus what we expect for the new season starting on October 5th. Or October 6th, for those of us in the rest of the world. <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts about Loki. Email your feedback to mcu at thelawhounds.com or head over to our website at thelawhounds.com and use the contact form or record us a voicemail. For ad-free versions of this in all of our podcasts, check us out on patreon.com slash thelorehounds. I'll have more updates on our schedule and uh, some of the other ins and outs of our podcast at the end of the podcast. Also, we'd be forever grateful if you could help us get more ears tuned in to the Lorehounds MC universe. All you need to do is drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts is especially helpful, even if it's just a few quick words. We read all the reviews, and they mean a lot to us. And before we get started, just a quick spoiler warning. We'll, of course, be spoiling all of Loki Season 1, but spoilers from the rest of the MCU and the Marvel comics are also on the table. And finally, we want to note that while we are not uh, members of the WGA or SAG-AFTRA, we do support them in their strike for better pay and working conditions. We do not work for the studios, and this is not a paid promotion. We're just here to talk about the creative work that goes into these projects and why quality creative work is so important to our enjoyment as an audience. Well, welcome back, MCU crew. It has been a minute since we've all gotten together. It's good to see you guys. How is everybody doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. Enjoying my Starfield nights. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm deep into Wheel of Time brain rot right now, but you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a busy season. John and I uh, have been covering uh, all three shows, and and now we're rolling out of uh, Foundation, and then uh, it'll be interesting because um, Wheel of Time and Ahsoka both kind of wrap up in the same week, and then we're right into Loki. At least John's going to get a little bit of a breather. I, I got to keep. Keep running on. So, and you guys have been enjoying Ahsoka and, and Wheel of Time. I think it, Alicia, Wheel of Time, you're, you're, yeah, well, time. Ahsoka as well, definitely. Um, yeah. and it's, uh, it's only because Wheel of Time is on that I'm not obsessed with Ahsoka even more. <laughs> <laughs> and Jean, right. you've been having a good time with Ahsoka. I think. Um, both, both of them. Both, yeah. I think I really love Ahsoka. For me personally, it might be my favorite of the Star Wars series. Yeah, okay. in the television um, world or the in, in, the, in the in the television world. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My spouse is. Uh, she was saying that uh, it's quickly climbing up, and she's uh, just a casual fan, and so right. She's uh, she's really enjoying it. It's interesting because it's a much more spiritual and mystic, mythic sort of storytelling. So it's cool. I like it. Well, but anyway, we're not here to talk about Ahsoka. <laughs> We've got some MCU stuff to get to to today. But first, we just we never got back around to reflecting on Secret Invasion. We had some ideas about that, but summer got really busy. And then uh, we then we had sort of the triple coverage going on. So, Jean, any thoughts reflecting back to Secret Invasion and, and where you're at with it? What do you think the impact is going to be going forward for the MCU at large? Yeah, um, Secret Invasion just was an overall disappointment. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it came and it went, and um, I probably will never watch it again. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, that's uh, that's uh, that's criticism enough, right there. In yeah, some ways, right? That's very yeah, telling. definitely. Yeah. And um, there there are some things that happen that will probably have some impact on the MC, the broader MCU universe, um, the movies, and maybe they'll pick them up in Captain Marvel, the Marvels, excuse me, that's coming out. Yep. yep. But uh, for the series itself, um, yeah, just so many good things that could have been done that weren't done that just leaves me shaking my head. It's through no fault of the actors. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's through no fault of the actors. Excellent cast. What they were given was a dud mm-hmm. to work with. And, you know, some scenes and there are some people who just stood out above and beyond what they were given to work with. But, um, yeah, just a real disappointment. Alicia, you uh, are plugged in a little bit more with studio news and behind the scenes type of stuff. Do we have any more clarity about what went down or is the story pretty clear about that they I they mean, had a one script and then they gave it to another writer who then chopped and changed it on the cheap or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you can refresh us a little bit. Yeah. I mean, basically there's been a lot of this happening, not only in Marvel, but especially in Marvel recently where, you know, especially because they have the, the, the projects are meant to fit together in a certain way. And, uh-huh. um, and then when they have to rearrange things, yeah, I think they, they cut some cost corners. Um, I'm willing to bet that there was definitely in what we saw when we were like, you know, mining for the gold and the shit. Um, we saw, <laughs> I think what we saw were the glimmers of where it started. Probably. I don't yeah. know. You know, I we could seen... see the bones of a good show in there. And then on right. top of it was this weird stuff that we did. It just didn't make any sense. And it, it was almost, yeah, there were two shows chopped and changed together. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really hope that they learn from this, that, you know, mm-hmm. they, cause it is, they should have learned this lesson with um, when a very similar thing happened with um, Iron Fist and the Inhumans uh-huh. with Marvel uh-huh. TV. Like, come on. Like, uh-huh. this is why you need to learn history so you don't repeat it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Marvels um, is going to be their proving ground for how they handle the aftermath of this story. And then, yeah, Loki is going to be need to be the thing that pulls audiences back in and makes audiences trust Marvel again for quality. The irony is that the studio executives and the structure of that sort of corporate world, there is no incentivization to learn from your past. You know, if if you climb the ladder and you get in, you want to make your mark and you only got a limited amount of time, maybe in a particular position, either before you're out or you're up. And there is no incentive for for being thoughtful and and learning certain things, ironically, because all the stories that we're telling, a lot of them have this very point embedded in them, in our mythologies and in our the the kinds of stories that are interesting is repeating the past. <laughs> if we don't learn our lessons, you know, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're doomed to repeat them. So, Jean, in terms of how Secret Invasion is going to get, there's a few things that they've got to take out from Secret Invasion and and work with, like they've set some lore and some some world building that we can't ignore anymore do you right. see a, a lot like is it 10 percent, 15 percent, 100 like how much can um, they just ignore <laughs> ignore secret invasion you know it's it, they they've ignored so far <laughs> a big hand sticking up out of the indian ocean uh-huh right 
the, the <laughs> former celestial from the Eternals. There's a, a, a big, huge, extended uh-huh. hand sticking up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we've seen no mention of this. Oh, well, there was a an Easter egg in She-Hulk, but yeah, that was really uh, Oh, yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. I, I'll take it back. Not Okay, there was a single mention of this, and it wasn't right. even a mention. It was just like a... It wasn't a real thing yet. It was for the people who pause screens and read everything. They, yeah. <laughs> so, Wait, I, I'm I'm not clued in. What are you? So the Eternals. Yeah. The end of the of the movie. Uh huh. There's a fallen celestial. Okay. Right. Who was emerging from the core of the Earth? Oops. But they were stopped it. But he almost emerged. So there's part of a huge space god that is just sticking up out of the ocean. So it just looks like an island that looks like a a hand protruding upward. Got it. Okay. And you've watched the shows since the Eternals movie. Yep. Which was what, a year and a half ago? At least. And you have no idea what that is. Yeah. You just said, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so and just to, to re clarify our positions here for the MCU Universe. I'm sort of the the proxy for the casual fan. I'm just taking what I I see. Jean, you're deep comic books, and Alicia, you're in into the studio news and the behind the scenes and all the the television production and a comic book fan as well, right? So we've got sort of yeah. I mean, Jean's definitely got me beat, but there are certain characters that uh, <laughs> I have that are near dear to your heart. Yeah. That's right. So we're <laughs> sort of triangulating here on some stuff, and yeah. So for me, I'll sometimes, yeah, dear listener, if you if you're kind of new to our show coverage, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm missing, and that's kind of the part of the point of our podcast. Anyway, so when, so, so when you ask the question, are there things that will be seen or carry over. I don't know okay. if it's 10%, if it's 5%, if it's 1%, because there's a huge thing that hasn't carried over. Mm-hmm. So far. But, yeah. So far. So but far. We, we know that certain aspects, like where they left things with um, with Nick and his wife, that's going to carry over into the Marvels, it looks like, probably. Okay. Uh, he's going to be in the Marvels, at least. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, well, yeah, the Marvels right. yeah. is an important part yeah. of his storyline. Right. Mm-hmm. So Carol Danvers and yes. him. And so, yeah. Talos' death, I guess, as well, right? Right. Would have to be. That has to resonate through at some level. Or does it? <laughs> well, yeah. and just the whole scroll storyline has to be yeah. accounted for. And so, well, I mean, yeah. I have to assume the Kree are going to be in there and the, you know, the scroll and the Kree are the mortal enemy. So, yeah. Right. Cool. Okay, well, I yeah. guess um, before so, oh, go Loki, ahead. Yes, better yes. hope. <laughs> Loki is just a better hope for a better Marvel future. <laughs> yes, it's true, and and it can exist largely. I'm, I'm assuming outside of the need for staying up with the Eternals and the Marvels because right. it's like it's this whole TVA timeline meta stuff. Yeah, and and I think season one. Well, we'll get to this later when we yeah. talk. We actually start talking about Loki, but yeah, I get the point that uh, that's happening. So, uh, before we get into our season prep, we wanted to quickly review some news. Thanks again to both of you for pulling together a really great outline of a lot of stuff because there's a bunch of Marvel stuff. Even though the strike is going on, there's still stuff that has been produced. They're holding on some stuff. We're looking forward to some stuff. So. We're going to talk about some Marvel animation things and then some uh, special presentations. 
and then we'll take a break. And then when we come back, we'll do this uh, Loki preview. So I am Groot is the first thing that we're going to start with. Yeah. Do, um, have you guys watched it? No, I did. Or just me. You did? I watched it. Yes, yeah. Yes. So what, what did you think, Sean? It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I'm not a fan of baby group. Let me just okay. put that out there. Okay. I'm not a fan of the dancing baby group. He's a little asshole, but <laughs> yeah. He, he, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I'm I'm not smitten with dancing baby group. Okay. So, uh, for I, me, I'm okay. I'm on record too of, of just being generally not a fan of the babyfication of stuff. You know, baby spies. I mean, and they start. I remember when they started it with Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. And yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Scrappy Doo though. Uh, yeah. I like Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo's my guy. I think Scrappy Doo <laughs> yeah. came out just at a time when I was going from like a kid to a you know preteen or whatever, and so it, it hid in my trans is transition yeah. zone where I was like, okay, that's just not cool. That's just mm-hmm. silly stuff. So anyway, no, I mean this is it's definitely for kids, um, but it is I, I like it because it's really short. Like you can watch both seasons that are out in half an hour, um, okay. but. And yeah. it's really personal for the creator, Chris, uh, Kirsten Lepore. Um, so she really fought for, you know, you can look into them and watch them with a deeper meaning, you know, about the first one of the new season um, was her story about what it's like to be a mother, you know, and, and the ugly side of it, too, the side where you don't want to be a new mother. And then, yeah, the last episode, uh, what did you think of that? The Watcher episode? They got uh, Jeffrey Wright back for it. Yeah. I, and I, I love his portrayal of the Watcher. Um, just he's really great at it. He, he makes me laugh so much when I when he's you know in these you in the wider series and in this series where he's just you know talking and saying, "Hey, don't do that. Do this. Don't do that." It gets me every time. It's corny, but I love it. Interestingly yeah. enough, that was not my favorite episode. No, what was your favorite episode? The first one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. are you my group with the with the baby, whatever. Yeah. Bird, bird thing, were. yeah, yeah. That was my favorite episode. Yeah, it, it was very touching, and I and I I really appreciated that episode. The one, the last one with the Watcher. I thought they were going to include the um, Nova Force at first, but they went in this separate direction, like a bait and switch, which I mm-hmm. thought was cool. So I'm not sure because it ends as if Groot plays a larger role right. in the protection of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so David just. To, to give you a little bit of background, the Watcher is an uh, all-powerful being who sits outside of our dimension, but right. he watches what goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not interfere. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. But if you saw What If Season 1, you see that there are circumstances that he decides that he must interfere. So he is watching Baby Groot try to get a seed that is supposed to, you know, change and and be the thing that protects the universe. Mm-hmm. And Baby Groot is not going according to the plan. <laughs> and he watches like... the seed just burn. <laughs> and then he realizes that Baby Groot is actually the seed that is supposed to be the protector of the universe. Oh, the one that ensures the the universe's survival. Okay, um, and the Watcher also played a big role in the um, the What If first season. So yes, yes. There's some teasing that like it's so many times where he wanted to help, and then you know. Um, okay. 
Yeah. Got it. So it feels like with uh, I am Groot, then it's more contextual setup, like what they did. Oh, I apologize. What is the the little shorts that they did for Star Wars for Ahsoka and Dooku? They kinda, Tales of the Jedi. Thank Tales you. That's Jedi. what it was. Yeah. Tales of the Jedi. Just putting out a little bit more lore, canon, context information so that yeah. there's yeah. a more richness. There's there's a deeper and, and more complex richness to a character. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what it what it means for Groot's future in the MCU if he's okay. gonna have any implications. They will have some sort of you know larger role. Should I as a well you know it, I actually want to jump sideways a little quick here with this uh, comment and I was thinking about this a little bit uh, earlier. You know, well often we talk about well with this particular show, you know, does it mean that you have to have watched the other show and you know what are you especially with Ahsoka, like, oh, Rebels and, and to some degree Clone Wars. Did you Do you have to watch it to get this? No. Now, I think in Ahsoka, they're doing a really good job of making sure that they've, they're creating a, a story in a context that you don't have to have. But, I also, but, but in MCU stuff, there is so much that you do. And I think, and I was thinking about that and I was thinking, well, that's actually inherent in the genre of comic books, right? Is it the interconnectedness right. between the storylines and the issues and the different artists and the reboots and the all of these kinds of things? And so for me, that's a feature, not a bug of MCU right. is, is, um, is, the, is the, the deep interconnections that are going on here. And so I guess that goes to my question is, do you think I should go back and watch the, the I Am Groot uh, things? Well, I mean, don't consider it connected so much to anything else, but it's just, it's a, for anyone who's curious, it's a really short watch, cute, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, uh, you done night. Are they done well? I hope. Uh, yeah. Done, done very well. And you can okay. see that it's, um, it's the product of a singular creative, you know, okay, who's, cool. who has a vision, um, but right. they're just short, they're three minutes each. Like they're oh, okay. really short. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But I, I would say about the interconnectedness, like when you start a comic book, um, there's always going to be like, you just can't like I have there's no way I'm ever going to read all the way back to like the Marvel 30s, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but every comic book starts with uh, with a summary of where the things are, you know, what you need to know, and then they make references within. And that's exactly how the movies in the MCU operate, too. Like you can really jump in on any single one. And if it's done its job you should be able to yeah just enjoy that as a standalone thing. Right. And that's the the hard part is is doing the job because oftentimes right. there are so many creative choices and uh, assuming the best and assuming minimal studio interference but proper studio management of of good yeah. guardrails and constraints if a show and a showrunner and the producer and everybody who's working on it can do their thing then yeah uh even then there's going to be creative choices that they make that aren't going to be a hundred percent for the audience. And that's, that should be within a norm of what we, how we watch these shows, I guess. Hmm. What I also think that that question about the interconnectivity comics are, are often, you know, stopped. Right. And a new, like they just launched a, a daredevil. Number one, mm -hmm. There's a Superman. Number one, it's mm -hmm. not actually the first Superman or the first right. daredevil. Right. But they're jumping off. They're jumping on points for people who haven't been following the story right. thus far and give mm -hmm. them an opportunity to get invested in these characters. We're mm -hmm. starting a new story, a new um, theme, whatever. 
new artists, new direction, and we're yeah. going to stay it's um, issue number one so people could jump on board. And you don't have to have the background of the previous 900 issues that have come <laughs> literally. out. Yeah. Right, literally, right? Yeah. You don't have to have that in order to you know start reading this version of the comic. Right. But and if there's if, some... Go ahead. I was going to say, if you're like me, that's just a, a rab- it opens more rabbit holes where, you know, I'm like, Absolutely. well, wait, well, how did Agatha Harkness die? And then, you know, I'm uh, yeah. reading Fantastic yeah. Four or <laughs> whatever. It, and it always leads to, to those questions because invariably there are things that unless it's, you know, Secret Wars 2 where everything ended, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then you want to jump in where it all begins again okay or they just relaunched you know the ultimate universe again ultimate universe ultimate Mm -hmm. um, marvel ultimate universe again right so this is the second iteration of that so you can jump on board at that first issue and get to know what's happening in this universe right now without having read the previous you know editions of ultimate you know x-men ultimate fantastic four and things of that nature so when you see like different hands in the pot for the shows and sometimes for the movies, that is kind of inherent to comic book storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, different artists, different, sometimes uh, a writer will come in, you know, with a different vision and you've been reading something for 10 issues and wow, this is a really different turn or even the way that the characters are drawn. You're like, oh man, I got to get used to this new way that the characters are being drawn so it is a feature not a bug yeah, yeah. and and go ahead delicia no i was just gonna say i hope that they lean into that more in the theatrical side um right. because it seems like they just want to play it safe for the big screens but there's been more room on disney plus to experiment in different genres that's the danger right is is if we lower if we keep lowering the bar and i've heard this in some interviews with other writers and and showrunners and stuff is that Oftentimes the studio will come back and they're very worried that audiences are going to get lost because something's not explained or, or things aren't, uh, or things are too sort of complex or just embedded without the, the, the exposition. So there's always that tension from the studios where the writers are like, no, treat the audience like adults, immerse them in the world, depending on the story you're talking about, right? And, and whatnot, but have a point of view and let story you know, let, let people react to, to story. Um, and, and they'll be fine in, in most cases. I, I mean, if we think back to star Wars 77, you know, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, you were a general during the clone wars, general, what clone wars, mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that created a whole thing right there. And if the studio had come, some studio exec had come with their notes and said, take those lines out, right. we'd be poorer for the experience. And so, yeah, there's that there, there, there should be attention and there should be some guardrails and some expectations. But also, like you said, Alicia, is if they keep lowering the bar, then we just get mush and nothing means mm-hmm. anything. So wait, yeah. what, how do we get over here from I am Groot, <laughs> from baby Groot? We're <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, I, I think anthology series are a good idea, a, a good way to test the grounds. And, um, sure, yeah. and we have. What if season two coming nice back segue. in December? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and the watcher ties in too because I'm assuming he'll be back as well. Right. Um, so I, we I'm, were 
were we scheduled for what if season two earlier this year or was it always up in the air and they're just now finally giving us a, a date? They just kind of, I think it's kind of like the bone they're throwing us since everything else was delayed. <laughs> but right, because what, um, Ironheart and, yeah, um, I mean, is being delayed and uh, what's the other one? Echo is, is Echo's also yeah. being pushed, right? Yeah. And yeah. animation has such a long lead time. They're already working on um, What If Season 3 right now, so. Sure, yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that we'll be doing some coverage of it because it was it ends up being surprisingly important for the main universe. I think. Um, okay. Like we we apparently we're going to get a part two of Captain Carter. Um, a, there's rumors that there's going to be a Christmas special, a Wanda musical, and like a whole bunch of other. Uh, okay. So I'm excited for it. What about you, Joe? Did you like season? Yeah, one? I, I I love season one. I thought it was great. Again, some of the just really good storytelling for me. It, it, it was it was fun to see these characters played in a way that we don't normally see them play, which is why I've always loved the What If version of Marvel Comics, um, yeah. because it gives you you know something else that you you might have wanted to see. What if Spider Man was evil? What if the Fantastic Four never got their powers? You know, and things of that nature. So I, I just really enjoy going down rabbit holes of conjecture. And I thought this was really super. I I, I really enjoyed season one. Yeah. Um, Ultron, you know, I think they really gave Ultron the villain arc that he deserves because it wasn't, to me, he he was <laughs> the Avengers, the, uh, yeah, the Avengers Ultron was, movie Ultron was not, what I right, wanted. he was nerfed a little, yeah. Yeah, so I think he really got the story that he deserves as a major, major villain, mm -hmm. and the importance of what he, excuse me, the importance of how he can be just so dangerous um, yeah. to the overall universe and to our heroes um, mm. personally. So I really, really thought they did a great job. Yeah. If you I haven't watched season one, you should watch season yeah, I think, yeah, if uh, David, if you haven't seen it or anyone listening at home, I, I recommend watching it because, I mean, my favorite episode of season one was, and it was one of the last things Chadwick Boseman did. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. Was Tears. the what if T'Challa was Star Lord? Like, yeah. Oh, such a good yeah. one. Yeah. Cool. Um, but we also got from season one, we're getting a spin off, Marvel Zombies, uh, which is going to be yes. one of the first rated R MCU Marvel, uh, yes. projects. Can't wait for that. Can't is that going to be a movie? No, uh, an animated series. Animated in, series? Yeah. So okay, next so year. not even yeah. just a one-off. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that had to have been in development for a while. So they've been keeping that in their pocket? Uh, no, no. It's, it's, it's been known for a while. They announced okay. it around okay. the time of season one. Um, but it's coming up. They, they've announced it's next year, but we'll see all these. There's gonna, apparently <laughs> yes. going to be three next year. So we've got um, that. We've got X-Men 97, which is right. the continuation of the classic X-Men animated series. Right. Um, so where we, we've left things off, sorry, spoilers for 30 year old show, Magneto's in charge <laughs> and Charles Xavier's, uh, he's off planet under the care of his alien wife. So it's an interesting place to pick things up, um, with Magneto in charge of the X-Men. Okay. Um, quickly on the zombies thing. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think this is interesting because, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about, about werewolf. Obviously we have, uh, blade is in the universe, right? Yeah. That's going to be the yeah. other rated R. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this whole corner of the MCU, which is Marvel this, horror. Exactly. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm still, it still shocks me every time that I, I hear or see reference to it because 
I'm, you know, it's just Marvel. Oh, it's Iron Man. It's, you know, Captain America, et cetera, et cetera. It's so much more than that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very cool. And we're going to talk about, I believe, Werewolf by Night a little bit later. So, yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to, to seeing what, what's cooking there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the third uh, animated series we get next year is um, Spider-Man Freshman Year, which uh, they've it's, it's going to be not exactly our Spider-Man origin story, but like a very near close by one. And it's going to feature also Charlie Cox as Daredevil in it. Um, so this and, is the Tom Holland live action Spider-Man. No, this and, is a, an, also an animated series. Oh, you did say animated. I apologize. So is this is this from uh, across the Spider Universe, Spider Man? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> this, <man>. is, <laughs> yeah. this, uh, this is closer. This is like right adjacent to Tom Holland's Spider Man. Okay, okay. But then, like, set before Homecoming, but in not quite our universe because apparently in this universe, Spider Man already has a relationship with Daredevil. Um, and they're also going to feature Doctor Strange and uh, Nico Minoru, who's uh, people know from. Like the Runaways, she's a, a witchy character, so I love her. Um, and Amadeus Cho, <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of the usual villains. Yeah, you yeah. had a great uh, uh, lore bomb for the Night Sisters when our Soka coverage. I was like, oh yeah, yeah that was, Alicia's that was really down good. for the, really the witchy good. stuff. So <laughs> the w- witchy women are my favorite character archetype <laughs> for sure. <laughs> love it. Nerdy, super nerdy question of our primary characters in the MCU universe. Spider-Man, well, no, Batman's DC, isn't he? Superman, yeah. DC. I'm just trying to think of who has the most iterations, who has the most exponents. Oh, of, Peter uh, Parker. Peter Parker, no doubt. Yeah. Gosh. Like, clear, <laughs> so, clear. I'm so tired of Peter Parker. I, I, I've been on this rant before. Uh, I'm, yeah. I am tired of Peter Parker. Okay. I don't want to see a young Peter. I don't want to see so high you're not, Peter. So you're not going to be too you know, middle-aged dad, Peter. <laughs> I, you, give, me, give me middle-aged dad, Peter. Sure, well, in, give, the, give in me, the Miles Morales yeah. stuff. Yeah, give me, give yeah. me that guy. Yeah, but Peter Parker, I, I'm, I'm Peter Parkered out. Gotcha. I'm, I am Peter That's Parkered fair. out. But I, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Uh, they had me at yeah. Charlie Cox and yeah. <laughs> and the witchy uh, stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of that stuff sounds you know fantastic, mm-hmm. but I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm uh, not I a know. um yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, and then, yeah, then there's going to be a sophomore year to follow after that. So presumably both are limited series. Okay. Speaking of across the universe. Yeah. It's so the um, video, it's been on video on demand since August, but there's no news on when it comes to streaming, which I suspect has to do with the fact that they have been learning, earning a ton of money. Um, on. Yes. Yeah. What are they, yeah. what's so, the purchase price right now? I, I mean, I guess it depends. For the Blu-ray? I, I think it's. Thirty bucks, or like for digital, for on on like Amazon or something. I don't know. Um, I I haven't really looked okay. it up. All but right. all right. Uh, but they are just it's it's just it's very successful. A lot of people are paying for it. It's the bottom and line. We had had hoped that once it got to uh, uh, streaming uh, into the streaming content, we were going to do a re recap of it since we can't freeze frame in the movie theater when right. we saw it live and go back and pick out details and stuff like that. But I still would love to be able to, uh, Oh yes. When we, when, yeah, when I it think becomes economically be. feasible for us all to, uh, to check that out. I think it's a worthwhile endeavor to do because yeah. that movie has a lot of layers to, yeah, so many layers. And there are things that we could probably, um, suss out that will play a role in, in the future of the MC. Do we have news on part three for it? I mean, it was delayed. Um, okay. 
All right. Uh, yeah. I, I think two things, two factors, of course. Well, I think the biggest factor is that a lot of the animators came forward and, you know, I was saying I'd heard that yeah. the conditions were bad and um, there's been some formal complaints. So, mm. yeah. And, yeah. and I, we're getting some great news that animators are starting to organize and uh, I think they voted, I forget which studio, but there was some. There were some well, there were VFX artists. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of different industries that are starting. And I hope, I mean, I, I, yeah, I hope that there's, that more people start to use their collective bargaining power exactly. because, yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully that this translates to across the, uh, around the world because uh, just going over right. to another country and then exploiting the labor costs there right. is. Well, that's know. what you see a lot more productions in Europe now, which I mean, which is what I don't hate Marvel personally. is doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to, to, to Britain. But then, mm-hmm. but then, uh, studios, yeah. in the European Union and other European countries, they do have some stronger labor laws. Yes. By the base, the floor that we're talking about is much mm-hmm. higher than. Mo- yeah. but I don't know if Britain still is Britain still in the EU. No, no Britain is not. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't want but to labor laws in general way. are different, but depending on the country, yeah. and so yeah. Yeah. it's it's hopefully yeah. for those workers there to be able to. Yeah, as you say, uh, use their yeah. collective power. Well, you see, like also, um, for instance, uh, Wheel of Time set up a studio in Prague, and I've seen, mm. I've heard of a couple productions moving to Prague. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, yeah, there were filming uh, incentives in certain countries, like Morocco, for a while. So yeah, sure, yeah, and Hungary's all had a had a big uh, studio presence for quite a while, and so it's great for yeah. historical films and things like that. So anyway. Right. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, um, RIP Marvel TV, the uh, entity that was in charge of like all the Netflix shows and um, oh, and yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. Um, yeah, and the first Daredevil was good. I, I enjoyed that. Well, I know oh, there's good. quite a few that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's only two I thought were bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica and, Jones was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love really Jessica loved, Jones. Really love Jessica. I still go back and watch. Um, I just watched the, the first season of Jessica Jones like. A month and a half ago. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Really, okay. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. We get David Tennant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Horrifying yeah. character. Horrifying character. Yeah. Horrifying character. Yeah. Well, compared to the Sean Chen from Will. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, I'll be a blubbering mess on this podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was only one Marvel TV show to survive, unless you count Daredevil, which I'm not because it's a soft reboot. Um, but yeah, it's Hitmonkey, which is another uh, another animated show. That's Modoc, which I personally thought was had some really great storytelling. Uh, that one's gone. But yeah, Hitmonkey. Uh, has anyone else watched it? Never I haven't watched heard it. of it. <laughs> okay, never ever heard of it. I mean, it's. You know, I, I don't always watch ultraviolet cartoons, but when <laughs> when, you when do, I do, <laughs> you go to Hitmonkey. <laughs> no, no, actually, um, I was Hitmonkey suffered a little bit in comparison to cartoons like Invincible and Harley Quinn um, and and Chainsaw Man, but it, you know, I recognize it has really good quality, and actually, I ended up binging it, and I ended up going and like reading all the Hitmonkey comics. So, oh, wow, I guess okay. it had something. Yeah, I mean, okay. by that I mean like there's. A, a limited handful of Hitmonkey comics. No, yeah, it's not a, I know it's not a lot. I'll check yeah. it out. I, I didn't check it out. I'll check that out. Yeah. But it's interesting that it's also, because they've been using, for instance, the main antagonist in season one is uh, Lady Bullseye, uh, which is obviously definitely a Marvel character, but they've mo- removed the Marvel name from the title 
And oh, wow. uh, since Marvel TV is gone, it's now being produced by 20th TV animation hmm. or 20th television animation might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. But then more back in house. Now, I've never watched Spidey and his amazing friends. It's apparently it's like for Disney Junior, um, but it's coming back for season four for those of you with young kids. I have watched Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Have you? I have. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. Yeah, like like the it. animation, super. It's really unique. cool, really cool, and I I just like Luna um, as a character, and so yeah, I I think it's it's really, it's, she's a great character to yeah. to have on screen. And she's yeah, a so great for David, she, written. She's she's like um I don't know what is she like ten or twelve or something. Um, Luna, and she's, yeah. Yeah, and she's super intelligent, like genius. So she builds all these gadgets, and she managed to accidentally pull a T Rex over uh, from another dimension, and that's her <laughs> companion. <laughs> yeah. Like she's the next big, uh, like Iron pants. Man. Yeah, and uh, like she's they, they're setting her up to grow up to be probably the smartest person in the, in MCU. the MCU. Yeah, it'll be, Reed Richards it, walked out. Yeah, right. it'll be interesting to see how. Um, I mean, we've long had uh, onboarding stuff for IP, right? You know, where oh, we want to get kid interest, and so they sort of hook into yeah. this universe. Yeah. But I think we're at a new level now here, where we really do. It, it, it's always been maybe a single standalone property where we have these. Now we have these big extended universes, and we can look at these big pipelines. And I mean, I think Star Wars has been doing this to s probably longer for some degree, but it'll be interesting to see if they take, you know, uh, this cohort now that they're giving, uh, producing specific content for, and then as you say, as a character ages, do they, do they age characters with the cohort as the cohort is growing the, the, in the real world growing up? You know, or do we, or do you just sort of transition them to the more adult-oriented content without a through line? I don't know. It's an interesting question. So I, I, I think it's a great question. I think the brilliance of of comic books is that you can have a ten-year-old Luna, um, Moon Girl, and the Devil Dinosaur comic, and have one where she is a thirty-year-old. Um, superhero, right, right? Right. You could have those two comics running at the same time quite easily. Yeah. Very right. So I think that's what makes comics, you know, so cool is that Unique you could have yeah. that character, you know, in different roles in different time frames, you know, on a different timeline even than you can do in in you know movies or TV shows. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't think they'll age her properly like in that way but mm -hmm. you probably see comic books where she's older okay. well it would be interesting if they pulled her into you know it's been a lot of rumors swirling about young avengers team forming oh yeah yeah that that's been you know the rumor for as long as we we've gotten all of these shows it's like yeah you know eventually we know these these characters the actors that are playing these characters are no longer going to be playing them so who's going to replace them yeah right? true so, right and but there's they have some to, conversation in the Star Wars world about that too, about like, well, mm. if we're going to keep having certain characters around and telling side stories and stuff, do we need to look at recasting? So Yeah, I think a big difference between Marvel and Star Wars in that sense is that Marvel's timeline does mostly keep moving forward. Like they rarely go back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they, every once in a while, you know, there's like the um, obviously like the first Captain Marvel movie um, right. that was going back in time, the Black Widow movie. I think that was a special circumstances. Um, but yeah, Star Wars, meanwhile, is just like all over the place, just filling in any gaps left open on the mm. timeline. Um, right. So you have. So, yeah, in Marvel, like they intend for these younger actors to age with the audience. Right. Whereas in Star Wars, they really need to get, you know, a, a young solo. Right. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the MCU special presentations that uh, we've got coming up. I think, Alicia, you were pretty excited for what they might reveal for the right. October surprise, but then they did a little, did they do a little switcheroo on you? I mean, I it's not, it's, it's, I was wondering, we know that they were filming a special at the same time that they were filming what was originally called House of Harkness and then called Coven of Chaos and apparently is now called Darkhold Diaries, um, the Agatha Harkness show. Okay. Um, so yeah, we knew that they were film that they filmed a special at the same time, or at least it was very heavily rumored. And we thought that that was going to be a Mephisto special. We also knew, by the way, Sasha Baron Cohen was involved. Um, yeah. So, but now it's, people are saying it's not a Mephisto special. It's actually Witch's Road, which is, um, which is like a collection of Scarlet Witch uh, uh, comic books from 2015 to 2016. Um so yeah, I, I'm obviously excited to see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my girl back right. um, on her redemption arc. Can you um, talk? Can she be l- redeemed? <laughs> <laughs> you can always be redeemed. Can you just um, do a little bit of contextual setup about these October surprise special issues? And right. Tell so, us what the intention, what you understand the studio's intention well, is. Well, I mean, but that's also. That that seems to be changing. So we we got Werewolf by Night last year, and so okay. that was a one off, and that was that's another one that is maybe my favorite MCU thing ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It's really one for the classic horror fans, uh, and it was done by uh, Michael Giacchino. Who there's actually also another special presentation called Director by Night, which is. I don't usually watch the Marvel Assembled stuff because it seems like a lot of promotional blah, blah, blah. But some of them are special. And this one is very different from every other. And it's really, it ends up being like about his family and their whole experience with him growing up and how he incorporated all of these Easter eggs for classic horror fans, like um, little markers when they switch the scene. And just, yeah, it's just the the pacing, the way it's done, um, the special effects, just very artful. And now there's going to be a colorized version released in October. Um, okay. So for a while, it looks like we were going to get we were going to get these every year. And okay. so I thought that, you know, the new one, um, the Witches Road. And that would kind one- of uh, mirror up to some Christmas special things. So they were really... Trying to capitalize on a holiday market right. uh, one-offs. Well, I think, yeah, well, I think that that was also an idea under the previous Disney CEO, um, Bob Chapek. Uh-huh. And um, Iger has since stepped back in, which yeah. we thought at the time he he previously good. was friendlier to creatives, but now right. he's become one of the, the villains of the strike. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so there's also just um, none of the companies are doing that well. Disney is publicly needs to uh, get more investor um, 
belief back into into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what they're doing on Disney Plus. So that also probably means a budget cut. So I don't know. I was really looking forward to like there's talk of a man thing um mm-hmm. a sp- special for Halloween, a ghost rider. I was really ghost looking forward to great. that. Uh, yeah, where did we see that? We talked about this before, but the previous Ghost Rider we saw was that in the Agents Shields? of Shield, and that would that would be a great Halloween special, a Ghost Rider, you know. Yeah, well, I want I want Robbie Reyes, um, yeah. Gabriel Luna back as Robbie Reyes, and I want um, uh, what's his face from uh, <laughs> from Norman Reedus from. Uh, uh-huh. From the Walking, Walking Dead, Dead. As, yeah, yeah, as Johnny Blaze. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think. I mean, the the holiday special goes back. The tradition of the holiday special goes back a long way into into television history, and it would be, it would be a fun thing to have more of these, um, yeah, uh, different, you know, sort of just one offs that that have stakes, but that are uh, still just fun, and because they're right. oftentimes during holidays. We do. That's what, you know, we want a podcast or a television show or a movie or something to see. Right, that's, right. That's a long right. tradition. Right. Yeah, well, we got the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special last exactly. year. But I think this year, that's probably why they're releasing What If at that time, because uh, there is okay, a, there is a Christmas special hole. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, to fit that that spot. Yeah. Interesting. But I know, yeah, we were talking privately, Jean, about like, I know you were really excited about like the Sentry and Silver Surfer Nova rumors. I mean, yeah, I, I'm fully invested in the cosmic of, of the MCU, the cosmic corner. So everything that, that deals with, that can deal with space and, you know, the you know, cosmic awareness and, you know, all these overpowered beings I, I, I want to see on screen because I think it will make for great spectacle. So if they give me Silver Surfer, a proper Silver Surfer, not that <laughs> Silver Surfer that we received <laughs> in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> if they give me a proper Galactus, if they give me, you know, even even Sentry, but Sentry is going to be hard to pull off because of, of the character itself. Um, Sentry is like uh, over, uh, almost like a analogous for Superman, mm-hmm. but one but that like has evil Superman. mental, yeah. no, he has like... Uh, split personality. Oh, okay. Which causes him to be really unpredictable and very, yeah, just he's a really, I don't know how, I don't know who could do that character justice. There was, there was a rumor about Henry Cavill doing it, but I'm guessing, I know um, with the Fantastic Forecasting, they went back to the drawing board because apparently the um, famous actors they initially wanted to hire, they realized like, oh, they were going to cost too much money. Whoa. Um, yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, my God. Oh, that stinks. Uh, that's, the casting rumors for the Fantastic Four and everything else have been absolutely crazy. And then, yeah, that seems to feed into the um, Disney's budgeting Marvel much more rumors. Okay. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be uh, the marketplaces. There's a yeah, big shifts going on. So I think, yeah. yeah we're... But I also would love a chance for, you know, new up and comers to mm-hmm. get to shine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, it just thinks that, you know, I don't I don't want to get on a soapbox against the, the studios and the executives. But, you know, it, it, the, these are folks who are, you know, just have no idea how much these characters mean to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's a studio the the goal is to make money um but when the people who are making the most money are talking about you know we can't afford shit that just pisses me off 
<laughs> I, I think yeah. there's a I've been reading and listening to a lot of stuff and I'm I'm by no means an expert but one of the things that I clearly see is that studios as we traditionally saw them MGM, you know, Paramount, what have you, they were in the business of entertainment and making entertainment. And then when you now have something like an Amazon or an Apple or a Netflix which are they're selling toilet paper or watches or, <laughs> you know, I mean, Netflix was in the, is in the business of delivering entertainment, but now they're in the business of producing it. And so you have a different economic driver. They're not, it's not about producing entertainment for entertainment's sake. Steak, right. It's about, you know, metrics and, and revenues mm. and things like that. And then when you stack the the all three aspects of the economic model of well you've got somebody who's selling a script somebody who's writing a script selling a script producing a script and then marketing the script you know or, or then uh, distribution when you put all of that into one thing as opposed to having different entities that are buying and selling from each other that also changes a, a big economic model and and I think yeah anyway I didn't yeah. mean to go too well, far no, sideways um, on studio one uh, one it's way important. in which one way in which we might get to keep these um, these special presentations and they cut the costs is, for instance, I said The Witch's Road was filmed side by side with, sorry, Check's Notes' latest title, Dark Hole Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> the Century one is rumored to be supposed to film beside Thunderbolts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they can do major cost cutting and, and tie if the stories tie together, which is so, great. That's smart. Yeah. That's yeah. smart. That's smart, uh, uh, production, but yeah, product, I mean, creating entertainment for the sake of entertainment versus, well, we want to, uh, co-brand and market. I, right. I, I want to sell more paper towels yeah. because I can put rings of power logo on the outside of the but where <laughs> werewolf by night wouldn't have been made by those rules. And that would yes. be such a shame. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so okay. Let me ask our entertainers and, and, performers and, and entertainment, right? So, anyway. yeah. Um, so let me ask you guys. So, okay. So Witches Road is apparently almost definitely happening next year. And let's assume Sentry is going to also film behind, beside Thunderbolts. Of the ones that are left, if you could only pick one to become a theatrical release, which one would you pick? Jean, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> give, me the, give me the choices again. Uh, so the ones that are left are... Uh, Man Thing, Ghost Rider, um, send, oh, sorry, Silver Surfer, Nova, and I didn't mention it, but Secret Warriors. Oh, um, standalone Silver Surfer? Mm-hmm. It's just a standalone movie. Silver Surfer. Okay. <laughs> With a close second being um, Richard Rider, Nova. Okay, okay. A very close second, but Silver Surfer. Okay, what about you, David? Well, not being as well versed as both you guys are, I think I also have to go with Silver Surfer. I think that's yes. for a big <laughs> for a big screen. I think that that works really well. Whereas, uh, I don't know, Ghost Rider as a standalone. I don't know if that would uh, give give me a horror option. I'm going to choose it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. First I pick, Ghost Rider. Second pick, my boy Ted Salas, man. Thing. Okay. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, I think we're at a good place for a break here. And then when we come back, we're going to do a Loki season one recap. Jean, I think you've got that covered. And then we're going to go into what we know and, and what we're looking forward to for season two. So we'll be right back.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, and we're back. All right, Loki is what we're here to talk about. I was furiously trying to watch some videos before we jumped on the mics this morning, catching up with some new rock star stuff there, you know, obviously. Man, this Loki stuff is deep with the connectivity. The red yarn board thing is is uh, huge. But I think it would probably be helpful for us and for, for folks listening to this is if we had a, a quick recap of season one. So, Jean, you've got some uh, notes for us? Yeah. So um, season one is basically uh, Avengers 2012 Loki, who's been captured by Thor, leading him back to Asgard. But he escapes during the time heist from Infinity War. Uh-huh. If we all remember that. Um, mm-hmm. He uses the Tesseract to escape the clutches of Thor, and he's flown through time. And where he lands at is with the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. He's been marked as a variant. The TVA exists to make sure variants don't disrupt the sacred timeline. Mm-hmm. The sacred timeline. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's deep right there, boy, I tell you. Yeah. And we come to find out that the sacred timeline was established by he who remains. Just a quick interjection here, too. As you were commenting on sacred timeline, it didn't necessarily occur to me the choice of that word, mm. sacred. That's mm-hmm. not, it's not prime. It's not, you know, nope. preferred, whatever, sacred. It has a very specific connotation, that word. So that's interesting. Religious in, in, in nature. In the way that we think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, somebody wants to be a messiah figure. Somebody Ooh. wants to be a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, so he's captured by the TVA. Um, the TVA deals with variants. Variants are not good, mm-hmm. according to the TVA. So they take them out. So now we come to meet Morbius and Morbius. That's a, that's a great name. <laughs> 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 that was one of my favorite names in Marvel, um, who is a TVA agent. He's a, he works for the TVA. Owen um, Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yes, thanks. And he um, basically goes to bat for Loki. He's trying. He wants to recruit Loki to catch a villain that is killing other Lokis. Right. Um, so this is where we begin with his story, the story of Loki and the Time Variant Authority. What do you guys think of that setup from season one? Is it something that grabbed you? Is it something that interested you right away? Quirky bureaucracy gets me every time. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that they did a really excellent job in creating the visual look of um, of an era of a of a bureaucracy uh, uh, trying to bring in that uh, 
it, I think it spans uh, multiple decades, but you know, certainly into the you know from '60s into early '70s vibe. Um, I, you know, and you, and you think of uh, at least in American history, things like the Tennessee Valley Authority or mm. uh, the Bridge and Tunnel Authorities, especially around the in the New York area, or what was the Depression era uh, authority that the civilian uh, civilian works. Oh, I, I'm blanking now. The W. Anyway, the big authority that they set up to try to get people back to work coming out of the Great Depression. And so they built roads and uh, parks and trail systems and uh, all kinds of things. So it, it has, they they really, for me, uh, nailed that vibe and that look uh, in the TVA all the way through Miss Time and all of the PSAs that we used to get as kids on the little film strip thing. So it was a, a well-constructed vision. Whoever had that vision and how they wanted to do it, it was excellent in the sense of they went all the mm. way uh, that, that they, they, their, their vision extended really far and they were able to have the room to create all the little, little artifacts and the little, Things like the name badges and the it was it was good. One thing that's uh, different this season is that there is a, a there's a different director doing uh, all the episodes or two to be exact. Um, so the first season was directed by Kate Heron, and so a lot of the things that we really love about it, she deserves credit for. Um, Absolutely. So, but I, I have good high hopes for the second season because the second season is directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Now he's, th these are two people who are more familiar to um, people who like indie horror movies. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so like they did the, the endless series of movies uh, like spring and yeah, there's um, they have a very surreal uh, sensibility. So okay. it, it okay. should be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now we also meet Ravona Rensselaer. I mean, come on. These names <laughs> are just, you know, let, a great let, name. Me, let me just take a name, uh, a minute to, to say thank you to Kirby Lee, all, uh, all of the folks who, who, who made comics because some of these names are just so spectacular. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just saying Ravona Renslayer just makes me smile from ear to ear. I don't know. You don't, I don't even have to know anything about this character. Just saying the name yeah. is enlifting. So thank you. <laughs> um, so Ravona is Mobius's boss at the TVA, but in the comics, she is the major love interest of one Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. So, yeah, let's see where that goes, if mm -hmm. it goes anywhere. Um, <laughs> Loki and Mobius, they're they, they trying to stop uh, a variant Loki from killing TVA folks. And we meet Sylvie, who is an alternate Loki who is on the run from the TVA. What did you guys think about Sylvie? I loved it. I, <laughs> I was I was totally shipping uh, the clone cest. <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome. I for me it was a big twist, and to have uh, not only another Loki, but to have a, a female Loki, and you know wherever whatever ends up being with their relationship, 
the chemistry on screen was great. The care, the chemistry between the, the Loki variants was, was great. And I, I just, you know, and I'm, I haven't rewatched season one, so I'm just going off of memory just that I was surprised and interested because, okay, where could they go with this? What could be done with this? And how does, uh, what we know from Tom Hiddleston's portrayal, how can they play with it in all these different ways by having these two sort of as, uh, antagonists to each other, but also they're, that's the great thing about Loki is that Loki is a protagonist antagonist together, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's not just a, uh, anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, And it's great. And to have taken a very antagonistic character from the Avengers and then made him the focus of our story and have him going through some arc and then throwing another Loki at him. It's really interesting. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where we, we end up with uh, these two characters. I love Sylvie. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't shocked because, you know, in the comics, they had already changed Loki from male to female. Um, and that's was that's been in the comics for I think going back to I want to say two thousand eight two thousand seven storyline okay. where Ragnarok happened in Thor Thor's lore and uh-huh. the gods they were reborn and Loki was reborn as a woman as as female so that was really and the thing is that that was so cool about it is that no one batted an eye uh-huh. in the comic. Like none of there was no talk about oh gosh what happened to you in the comic itself right mm-hmm. um, like the characters in the comic as they were written just quickly were like oh hey okay this is Loki <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. uh, which was really looking back on it which was really saying something in 2008 right yeah so I wasn't shocked to see a, a female Loki. Um, Sylvie as a character, I thought she was great. I mm-hmm. thought she really gave that energy, that chaotic energy that that Loki deserves, that he has traditionally had in the comics. So the way she moved, the way she she sneered, the way that she you know just interacted with other folks, um, I thought was really true to the 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 character. Right. So yeah, I I really was happy to see that play out on screen. Cool. So TVA agents, they're all variants with their memories having been erased. That's what Loki and Morbius learned. 2012 Loki is pruned, which is what the TVA does to variants. Right. And he's sent to the end of time. And he meets classic Loki from the 1960s comic book. Right. Mm-hmm. He meets boastful Loki. He meets kid Loki, and he meets alligator Loki. <laughs> that was the most bizarre. <laughs> we know. see, but it worked. It, it could have worked. Like, Syl- worked. Sylvie's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Because there is something called the Pet Avengers. So you know, fingers yes, crossed. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, there's a frog door. We, we won't yeah, we saw it. there was an yeah. Easter egg. Th- we saw yeah. him when Loki we went into the bunker. There was a yeah, little frog right. uh, right. Thor in a that's right um, in a jar. 
So these these Lokis are all hiding from Alios, which is the the big bad smoke monster that you know is running through the end of time, just destroying everything. Um, I really enjoyed the Lokis. Uh, yes, who, classic Loki was just who I'm. I'm blanking on the actor's name. Oh right, yeah, oh, uh, I know. Goodness I'm, gracious, give me um, give me one moment. Richard Grant. Um, yes, thank you. Yes. So he's great. He's, he's he such was a great so actor. Awesome. He was so awesome. And to see him in the getup. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because that's the Loki <laughs> that I grew up reading, right? That's sure. The, yeah. That's what he looked like in the comics for a very long time. So, you know, I got my first bag of comics from uh, an older uh, cat that was on my block. He was like, yo, I don't want these anymore. Take them. Mm. You know, and this was the Loki that I saw. You know, right, when right. I read that, when I opened up a Thor comic that had, I forgot which which one it was, but that was the Loki that was in the story, that look. Cool. Because um, this guy had been collecting comics for longer than I was alive. <laughs> so it was so nice to see that play out on screen. Um, and not you know, just Richard, for jokes. Yeah. No, and Richard Graham plays it so well that I was feeling very emotional when he makes a sacrifice. Yeah. Mm. Ah, it's just, like you said, he played it well and just, yeah, these, these are the things that, you know, for, for someone like me who, who's, who grew up reading these characters and, and, you know, at times, you know, you grew up reading comics and, and people look at you like, Oh, you read the comics. So like, what are you reading comics for? You're right. Like, yeah, right. Because, right. They're really dope, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's why I'm reading them. They're like, they're really dope. You know what I'm saying? You should give it a... This is from people who, who were reading sci-fi, you know, at the time. They were reading fantasy books. You know, they were reading, you know, Tolkien and, and, and you know, CS and all of that stuff, right? And they were looking at me like, you're reading comic books. I'm like, yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You're reading comic books too, bro. You know, you just don't know it. But um, <laughs> it's so nice for me to see... You know, for those of us who grew up reading these things and seeing these play out on screen, like that really hit me when I saw classic Loki. That was so, so cool. So we get back to the story. 2012, Loki and Sylvie, they escape the end of time. And they meet He Who Remains, who explains that he ended a multiversal war between himself and his variants. And that the TVA is meant to keep one timeline so that these other variants don't come to be. He gives them a choice. You can kill me, and what I'm trying to stop is going to happen, or you guys can take over and keep the sacred timeline. Sylvie kills him because she's been running from the TVA from when she was a little girl. She had no qualms about doing it, man. At that moment, 2012, Loki is sent back to the TVA, and we see multiple timelines just sprouting everywhere. 2012, Loki looks up, and what he sees is a statue, many statues, with the face of he who remains towering over a bustling TVA. And that's where we end. What did you guys think? Alicia? So I I know something about where he landed 
that was said by the producers. I don't know if you guys want me to say it. Say it. It's, it's a, more about a, when when he landed. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead. I'm good. No, just more about when he landed. Oh, Not where so he this landed. Is, that's why Mobius ah, and, right. and B-15 don't know him. Right. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Jean's got a thing ah. <laughs> Because, yeah, we see in the trailers, we see it's, it's, yeah, they call it time slipping in this, but it looks a lot like the glitching in the Spider-Verse movies. Mm. Like yeah, you're right. Spider- Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's true. That is true. Huh. When he landed. You know, at the end of, I'm just, again, trying to go off of uh, memory and, and what I was feeling at the end of Loki, I thought that in the, it's interesting because there's so much complexity to the Loki story and the timeline stuff and and all how the TVA is structured and what it's really for and then having this and having Sylvie and, and, and then dropping the hint of, of he remains that in terms of the intercon, you know what we were talking about before—the feature, not the bug—the the the interconnected nature of Marvel uh, stories and specifically TV stuff. This was the most complex, I think. When I think back to Falcon or to um, the Witch, um, Scarlet. WandaVision, thank you. Well, I don't, that one's pretty complex too. But. It, yeah, it is, but it is. this one spans time and multidimensional mm. uh, stuff. I don't know. And it just it just seemed to be the most, to me, it has the most stuff going on. But yet it was the most successful and the most approachable and the, and the most, yeah, I mean, well. from for, for hearing other people's response, they were like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed Loki. I liked it more than I, you know, some of the other television shows I had seen, and so it, 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 it has a, a resonance and an, an accessibility that people have, and I was, I think I kind of feel the same way. I was like, yeah, this was fun. This was interesting. This was a good time. I was entertained. But, but not to play down WandaVision because that actually um, was a huge drive for people to get into Marvel, like people who never liked Marvel before uh, right. watched WandaVision and then went back and started watching all the movies. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And then I Loki people... came out shortly afterward, and and this was like sort of the one-two punch, and we're like, wow, this is what we're getting. And uh, wow. well, we had Falcon in between. What was the other? And then we have something else. We had a couple of mis uh, misfires in between Wanda and Loki. I have to yeah. go back and look at the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> but but for me, I, I I think the the storytelling with Loki and with WandaVision showed what kind of stories could be told. Yes, within agreed. the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Right, like it didn't have to be like a a, a superhero, you know, bang pow, kazoom type of, of TV show to be really, really good and really, really well done. You could have those moments, but the storytelling within those two series was just overall, it was just excellent. Um, well, I will it, go ahead. It, it kind of well, I was, I was just going to call back too. It kind of goes into the Marvel TV world that was, you know, on the Netflix stuff where there was a yes. lot of character story. Yes. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, pow bang boom, right? Right, right, right. Um, so you you get it, that with those two shows. Go ahead, Alicia. It was just Falcon and the Winter Soldier in between. That was the only one in between. Interesting, because mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and then Black Widow right after. The movie. I guess I was during the movie. movie, right? Yeah. Right, which was uh, that was so unfortunate. They really did her 
dirty. Anyway, separate topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean the movie's not bad. It's not great. Yeah, it's fine. It wasn't great, and it yeah, was, it wasn't handled I, properly. It wasn't handled yeah. properly. Yeah, um, most of all, yeah, it, 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 it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, WandaVision, Loki again, it's just different storytelling, and mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm appreciative of that and, and that they were able to do what they did and, and give you a, a comic book show that had deep storytelling to it. And that was, I think it was awesome. It was awesomely, both series were acted extraordinarily well and just handled with great care to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not leave, unlike Secret Invasion, they right. did not leave their actors in a lurch. Right. Like they gave them stuff to do. Yeah. That yeah, had some meat. Yeah. 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 It had real, you know, umph to to the story. And yeah, just well done. Yeah. Both. Yeah. What Both is well grief done. but love persisting? But love persisting. How? <laughs> <laughs> There's um, a pow for you. Yeah. 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 But now we're in phase five and uh what do you think of how we're doing so far? Uh, we've got you. You wrote down John Quantumania, Guardians of Galaxy Three, Secret Invasion. Guardians of the Galaxy Three was good. Quantumania was fine. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys know I'm not a, a Guardians fan, right? Um, yeah. Yep. So I've already explained. Um, yeah done that um quantum mania was fine i i'm generally i i've not been i'm not excited yet okay mm-hmm. in phase five uh-huh i'm not excited yet i don't know when i'll be excited i'm hoping it's the marvels because that looks well, I'm like hoping it's, it's gonna Loki. be well yeah that you know absolutely because it comes first <laughs> right <laughs> so hopefully that that really you know sets the tenor for what comes next right and you're right mm-hmm. hopefully it is loki that gets us excited again about phase five but there's a lot riding on loki and there's a lot riding on them for me personally yeah because i think I, for a lot of for a, a lot of uh viewers casual fans and even more serious fans if the storytelling has to has to mean something because i think a theme that we've been you know talking about for the last hour is that connectivity the the connective tissues mm-hmm. with these shows mm-hmm. um and these movies and i'm expecting that right. you don't have to you don't have to give me a straight line but you have to give me something right to hang my hat on and say okay i can hopefully see something beyond the horizon mm-hmm. will that happen i don't know i don't know oh. Benson and Moorhead give me the directors. They give me hope that it's going to be because they are also, I mean, hopefully just uh, the studio didn't get too much in their way because these are guys who are used to making independent films um, and just having a complete vision for what they do. I I, I read an article that interviewed Nia DaCosta, the director of the Marvels of Marvels, where she said, don't take this as a direct quote, but this is the sense that I got from the quote where she said that you know, she's used to running her movie, mm-hmm. but this is a, a Feige production. Right. This is a right. Feige production. Right. And I uh, this is 
The thing is, like, with Secret Invasion, Feige could have had more input, I think. <laughs> I think that he might have kept it more in line. I don't know. I don't know. But then for something like this, where I really... Uh, well, I mean, I trusted the original showrunner of Secret Invasion. Right. You know, they had... Yeah. So I, I just hope that they uh, that they learned the lesson, or at least the fact that Loki is so successful gave more leeway, even if it's different directors. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like the all the main cast is going to be back. Yeah, so we have Loki coming back, of course. We have Mobius coming back. We have Miss Minutes. Yes. Um, fan favorite. Best. Follow, follow her on Twitter, anyone who doesn't. She's, oh, really? It's hilarious. And sometimes relevant, too. Is she on uh, Blue Sky, do you know? Um, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Uh, you know, j- just a weird little segue, but I'm I'm really yeah. hoping that Blue Sky is going to be a good place yeah. for us to move towards. Uh, no, me too. We Warhounds account there and i got up on there so if if you're a blue sky person oh jean i gotta send you a, a code yeah. too All right, cool. um but yeah we're we're looking to see how we can get away from twitter before too long yeah before now it says becoming... pay for, for well, yeah. like, <laughs> well for instance like when that whole colonizer thing oh sorry we were talking about this off uh off air before um, anyway i don't want to go too far <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway you can report yeah. things and they don't like the most horrible things can be said and yeah uh, exactly there's no yeah anyway so yeah uh, miss minutes is back um hopefully we get to see how evil she is really um mm-hmm. in this season yeah. Because I don't trust her. She's she's high up on my board of evil. Um, so but yeah. who or what is she? Or uh, so we're, I'm hoping to find out. Like I said, she's high up on my board of evil. You know. Yeah. So yeah, Miss Minutes is is right up there. Um, I I'm, I want to point out something that uh, the Miss Minutes Twitter account pointed out to me is that um, when we see in the trailer when we have the flashback and we see her running like giant through the crowd, everyone's calling it Ghost Miss Minutes, and she's like, "I'm wearing a skirt." <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, we have Ravona's back, Sylvie's back, Hunter B fifteen is back, Casey is back. Who you know? Um, you know, he's just a regular bureaucratic guy trying to toil away at his job, you know. Doesn't want to be turned into a doesn't fish. Doesn't want to be, doesn't want to be turned. <laughs> what right. is a fish? Doesn't. Wasn't that his line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we have um, some variants of he who remains, you know, running around and we'll get to meet them. So we'll, we'll see what becomes of that. Yeah. So I know we have Victor Timely in the, in the trailer, is this, you know, you know much more about the King variants. Do you know much about Victor Timely? Yeah, he's, he's, um, what you just said. He's a, <laughs> a variant of, of Kang. And the thing is, you know, it's, um, but like back in 1920 ish. He's, he's like, like a, I'm trying to remember if he remembers, if he actually remembers that he is Ramatut. Oh. Because that, that would be really, really amazing. Um, he goes back, you know, from his timeline to the the twenties, so he can dominate, you know, this, okay. this era, which is what he's trying to do. He's again, he's you know, super smart, you know, like all kings are. He's a genius level intellect. He has he's built a lot of he has like robot stand, you know, robot um, stand-ins for himself. He's a really he's a really interesting character. It's almost like he's who's a who's a, a a magnet a business magnet from the 20s and 30s that I guess we like could, a Rockefeller or something. Yeah, that yeah, like a Rockefeller, like a Ford yeah. type yeah. of 
what they're trying to get at, that he goes back to become like one of these, you know, characters, movers and shakers to, you know, eventually take over the world. Right. So or like a Tesla character. Yes. Although yes. I guess it's totally. Yeah. Yes. So we'll see how he does in, in this. Um, yeah. So Victor Timely, who else do we know? Um, I think that's all we we know for sure. Although, yeah, the question is, um, might they have cut back on appearances of Kang because of the whole what's going on with Jonathan Majors? Right, right. Which is uh, has yet to be adjudicated. Right. There are too many things going on with that particular story of, of abuse and maybe it's not abuse and Dead. But then other people also spoke out before, and then suddenly everyone fell silent at the same time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's there's a lot of weird things going on yeah. around Jonathan I don't, Majors yeah. right now, and I don't know what's true and what's not true. Um, mm-hmm. I do know that domestic violence is not something that no, nope. you know, can be taken lightly at all. Um, and if it's proven that he did indeed have these horrible, horrible acts that he did yeah. them, then by well, every also, extent of the law, he should be yeah. justly punished for for doing yeah. so. No, talent doesn't save you. But um I'm I'm even I'm also worried on top of that, uh, the stories about him just being like terrible to people on set, things like oh, that. You know? Yeah. I mean that's that's the the other thing too is like, okay, who gets to be terrible on set? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, who gets to be terrible on set? Like, yeah. there, there are many actors who we've known that have been terrible on set, that mm-hmm. continue to be terrible on set, and not much is said about them. Mm. So, who gets who gets away? Who who gets called out and who doesn't? You who mean? Gets, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the terrible on set thing. Yeah. I, Really I mean, I I want I I just want like all bad behavior to not be rewarded, but if, absolutely, you know, people see like you know people falling over at the box office to buy tickets to Jonathan Majors movies, and uh, it it affects the way that this whole situation is plays out. received. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. I, I think there's a the court date has been pushed back yet again. Yeah. So we really have no information. Yeah. Except the, the rumors and the gossip that, that yeah. are circulating. So And so we don't know how it will play into because you know he was going to be the centerpiece of this whole phase. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if this calls into question about the recasting of characters, mm-hmm. and I know some some folks have an aversion to recasting characters, which I do not have an aversion to. Nope. So you know, if the role needs to be recast, there are uh, plenty of other persons of color who can play that role. Yeah. If they choose to go down that road. Yeah. I, I want Omar Sy or Omar C. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. The yeah, guy who plays yeah, Lupin. Lupin. Yeah, he'll be good. He can play like a dozen different play. characters. Yeah. Yeah, I like Omar. I oh, like is that the the Netflix? Uh, yeah. The thief. Yeah. 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 He could do. Yeah. He could. He could do it. There are plenty of of, char- of yeah, people sure. who can play the character um, if it comes to that. Uh, just like there are plenty of people who can replay T'Challa, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's let's um, get this ball rolling, please. You know. So. <laughs> but now we've got kid to to uh, kid to <laughs> marker. <laughs> now we've got kid T'Challa. Yeah, we are. I want kid T'Challa. Twister. 
I don't want Kit T'Challa. No. I don't want Kit T'Challa. I don't want Kit T'Challa who doesn't even have a But Haitian I'm hoping accent. like we get I hope no. we get Okay, fine. But I'm <laughs> we can recast Kit T'Challa. I can't He's say living this. in Haiti. Kid, chick, <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> say it five times really fast. <laughs> I can but say he's living in Haiti. He's living in Haiti and doesn't have know. a Haitian accent. No. Okay, get out of here. Get I mean, here. but you know, <laughs> His mom is international. <laughs> oh, no, 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 But no, I was no. hoping for like, okay, because here's why I want the kid to, to gosh. <laughs> <laughs> here's why I want the kid version <laughs> is um, I want kid Aurora. I want uh, Kid Storm. There's like a really cool, you know, yeah, so yeah. then he's got yeah, to get himself over to Egypt to, to meet her. And then I want that whole story. That would be, that would be cool if they told. So Oro is, is is Storm, um, yeah. David, just X Men character, okay. Omega level mutant, um, who has uh, who's married my, Black my Panther. Yeah, she and and T'Challa um, got married. They recently divorced to the chagrin of nearly every single um, fan. <laughs> Marvel did a disservice to their union, um, which I hope they rectify in the future, um, because yeah. There was no reason to do what they did, but um, I digress. So yeah, that would be a great story to tell. And if they told that story, I'll be on board with Kit T'Challa. <laughs> <laughs> we have some new characters coming to um, the show in season two. We have uh, Raphael Casal as Brad Wolf, an actor in the film The Zaniac. Um, yes. I haven't seen The Zaniac. But I know somebody who has seen the Zaniac. How was the Zaniac? No, well, I mean it's it's from from the comics. Um, that uh, so in the comics, um, Brad Wolf he's an actor who gets possessed by the character he's playing, and so he acts as an antagonist. So presumably, it's going to be something similar. Okay, that that's a piece of lore that I did not know. There's yeah. too many comics for any person. <laughs> and this is why we do the pod. That's awesome. We have Ki Hugh Kwan as a yeah. TVA archivist, and we as love Ki Hugh Kwan. Yeah. yeah. Oscar winner. Oscar winner, that's right. on his He's name. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yep. So hopefully, um, I'm looking forward to his character. Um, I, I've enjoyed everything that he's done. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I like to see awesome. he he can bring that zany energy that you know for the TVA. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yes. And then we have uh, Katie Dickey, who, if anyone remembers, hopefully you do, <laughs> was um, Lysa Aaron from Game of Thrones. Not sure her character could she be playing an older Sylvie? We, we're not sure about this. I mean, just because I guess she looks so much alike, that's where yeah the the rumor mill is spinning, but we have no idea. Okay, and then um. I have a question for you guys. How do you feel about the the McDonald's advertising? So yeah, it hasn't. It's not a thing here, but I know about it from you know from online that apparently it is a big thing in the U.S. That there's a Loki advertising. We know Sylvie's going to appear in a McDonald's in the in the show. Have you guys noticed it in the U.S.? I only saw it in the trailer, part of a tra- where Sylvie was at, at at a McDonald's. I, otherwise, right. I haven't picked up on it. Yeah, and I, I've I've seen some of the talk, and I don't have a problem with it. No, you know? no, I, I mean, yeah, it's uh, pretty standard. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have a problem. Might as might as well. Um, 
I just, yeah, some people said that they were drowning in the McDonald's advertising, but I, uh-huh. I haven't seen it at all because it just doesn't exist here in the Netherlands. Interesting. The, right. In, in the internationalization, the different, yeah, the, variants, was, the, yeah. the mini Although variants. Abby was talking about it, so it must have uh, exist in Japan, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think, you know, it's, it's product placement and, and yeah, it's, we're we're kind of used to it as long as it doesn't change the story to as long as right. it doesn't compromise the fundamental story. Right. Agreed. You, you have a Agreed. little product placement here and there. It's yeah. it's we're there's nothing new there. It depends I'm, on how far they go with it, mm-hmm. and if it's if it's really too too much. I think it's uh, incident, incidental to the plot. Right. For me personally, even if she works a nine to five at McDonald's and we see her at her job, I don't care. Yeah. Okay, it's. As long as the story that they're telling yeah. is is a good story, um, and if part of that story is that she is working at McDonald's, so be it. Right. Yeah, and you if know, they can, if so they can allow themselves to be laughed at, you know, like in the Barbie movie, then I'll have sure. all the respect for them for that. Yeah, right, right. Um, everything doesn't have to be a big belly burger. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and. What are you guys' expectations for this season? I guess we could end on that. What are you guys wanting to see, if anything? Um, I, I want to see, I want to see Tom Hiddleston with you know he's got the the comicy aspects of Loki down, and so I'm looking really for some more nuance. I don't need a heartwarming tale of the 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 good bad, you know, the you know, breaking good so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of already embedded to some degree in there. But I want to see his character with some more nuance and 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 Hiddleston playing with some more as Loki's discovering stuff about himself and about the world to see that sort of uh play out. I'm looking forward to being entertained and not having to do I want to go along for the ride. I want to go along for a good Marvel ride. I feel like I'm missing that a little bit. And so I'm trying not to put too much weight on the uh, Marvel better fix this one or, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put my hands on my hips and, <laughs> you know, huff off and never watch Marvel again. You know, I, I, I don't want to have to have that energy. I want to be entertained by a visually interesting story with with compare with with compelling character development you know i i want it to be i want to be able to put it in the same zone as what ahsoka is giving me right now in terms of big ip story uh and it's it's hitting them it's hitting its marks but i also yeah i also don't want to preload my emotional response to it in the uh well they screwed this one up again and i'm you know you know (laughs) I, i i just don't want to have to deal with that Right. right. So I'm not putting that myself on into that zone. So mm. okay, you know, I'm giving my perself myself permission to get a bowl of cereal at a minimum. Right. Get a bowl mm-hmm. of cereal. Sit down. Enjoy something that's going to be fun. And if it beats those expectations, then hell yes, I'll be happy. What about you, Alicia? Yeah, I, I don't want to um, try to hold it to season one's expectations. I'm, you know, I'm like it's going to be new directors, new direction. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that they still were given the space and time for that attention to detail that made season one so magical. And um, obviously, I'm hoping for a little bit of a horror element would be fun. That'd be um, fun. Yeah, I want it to be wacky and weird and also oddly moving. And I want Mobius to get some jet ski time. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, you, Sean? 
Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going into it with the expectation that I have no real true expectation other than I want it to have some sort of meaning. Like, you know, Loki season one kind of spoiled me. <laughs> he always has to it, make himself heard. Yeah. <laughs> He's welcome on the pod. I, yeah, I respect it. It's actually I, his I, birthday I today. Oh, oh. Happy birthday. which one is it? A ghost. Hey, happy birthday, ghost. Happy birthday, the ghost. Sorry. So, no. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is real time podcasting. Um, yeah, I, season one spoiled me in in a way that was great because it gave me something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me characters to look forward to seeing. It gave me great acting by those characters. And I, that's kind of what I want to see. Give me something to look forward to. It doesn't have to be looking forward to season three of Loki, but just something that I can say, ah, man, I can't wait to see this play out on screen right. at some mm. point. Like you were saying, that's, you want to be able to hang your hat on it. Yeah, just it could be a small thing, could be mm-hmm. a huge thing, but nice. just something, you yeah. know, that I could say, wow, I can't wait to get that. You know, whether it's next year or three years down the line. Right. Like I know something is coming. Like like I knew Kang is here. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, wow. And and that left me with a sense of, of wanting. And that's 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 kind of what my vibe is going into this season. Right on. Cool. Yeah. So much setup to that's been done that needs to in in uh phase four that needs to pay off. So let's yeah. let's start paying it off. Yeah, let's start doing that. All right. Well, good episode, guys. Thanks for coming back together. Thanks for all the work on the outline. Looking forward to uh, covering uh, this season and, you know, hoping that all of our wishes come true for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, as we go into the rest of the year, we'll um, hopefully be adding some more interstitial stuff in. I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Marvels. We have Echo, which is going to be a binge drop. Um, What if? But if we've got to be able to talk about that, so we'll werewolf we'll be, by night, werewolf yeah. by night. Color. Uh, so we'll be we'll be um, talking and figuring out what our coverage is for MCU general, and and then obviously Loki. Yeah, we'll be doing weekly deep dives. So uh, we'll be here for all of you for that. I think too. Just to, okay, so we can kind of talk a little bit about other programming notes on the main Lorehounds uh, channel. We have been covering Ahsoka and Wheel of Time, and we just wrapped up Foundation. Uh, so all of those should be available. Weekly coverage on on Wheel of Time and uh, Ahsoka. Those have been great. Uh, coming up in October, sort of our, our summer, sort of through our Lorehounds scheduling into some, you know, we just got off track on some of our regular monthly shows like Silmarillion stories. And we've been covering the Earthsea books by Ursula K. Le Guin, um, Lorehound's play. I know that the Brandon and, and uh, John have been trying to get together to do a Skyrim podcast. And us three have been talking about doing a one shot for the creator. Yes. Yes. So that is looking very exciting, which should be out uh, next week. Next week. Next we just got to figure 20th. out a, rec- a recording time because uh, that's going to be a theater only release. I thought it was yeah. going to be streaming. So we got to get yeah. to theater and then we got to get some time on the books to record about it. But that's definitely going to come out in October. Alicia. Well, here, let me before we talk about your stuff, Alicia. 
There have been some very excited comments asking about uh, Jean and Alicia, you guys doing something together. Have you talked? <laughs> you don't have to announce anything, but are you at least thinking about it or talking about it? I mean, thinking, We're thinking about, about it, it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, it's good. Then I can uh, um, I can jump in with general yes. stuff. Is that there's been uh, a general pause on my end for. Yeah, so life, 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 yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, been uh, health stuff. So now yeah. I'm looking forward to resuming uh, the the book club. Um, okay, we'll, the wool shift going dust to be, uh, mm-hmm. silo book. Club. So that's the next thing that you'll should be seeing is uh, is shift. Okay, and uh, resuming also the Dune coverage because yep. you know we we are gonna we're just gonna take our time and go through the the things that were planned that lead up to the new movie, you know, right. and then right. we'll Stretch get back to the new movie more. when once that comes out. And gives yeah, me time can... to watch Yodorowsky's Dune finally. <laughs> it's on my board. I just haven't been able to get around to it. <laughs> and yeah, there's um, other stuff planned in the meantime, like uh, for any fans of of Poe and Mike Flanagan. I know that we've all been talking about. Some House of Usher coverage. Right. Yep. You've um, definitely got some stuff. And you'll announce when you're ready to actually lock that in. And then, then I think we have some back, some auxiliary coverage that should play yeah. into your coverage. So that should be fun. And uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Jean and I are also, we've we've uh, had an ex- initial exchange of ideas, but we just need to get together and talk. On, uh, yeah. Okay. And, and we'll do that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you know that, John, you... Uh, both have uh, John and I's full support on whatever you guys decide you want to do. <laughs> we have a platform. We'll get the feed up for whatever you guys want. We, we're uh, highly uh, uh, encouraging and excited to see uh, what what results from that. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, a quick note about our other affiliate podcast, Properly Howard Movie Reviews. I don't know if either of you have been listening to Steve and Anthony. I have. Uh, that it's it's really yeah it's so good i love their i love their current season right now the robocop episode was hilarious <laughs> uh so if you don't know properly howard movie reviews it's an, another uh one of our affiliate podcasts uh it's uh anthony who's an academic and steve who's a stand-up comic and we sort of joke it's like what if a theologian and a stand-up comic walked into a podcasting studio well there you go but so, it's a joke that pays off, though. Yeah. It does. It really <laughs> does. It, 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 the joke pays off. Yeah. Yeah. So they normally do movie reviews. And for this uh, season of, um, of, uh, of movies, they decided to, do, to cover different remakes. So they got a whole slate of things like White Man Can't Jump. They covered Dune, which Elisa and uh, you and I were on. They did yeah. RoboCop. The Wolfman, did I, did you get a chance to listen to The Wolfman, Alicia? No, but that sounds fan? right up my alley. I've actually been listening to some of their, because before they were doing Properly Howard, they were doing, was it Cocoons of Cocoons Horror? Cocoons of Horror was their uh, yeah. previous iteration. Yeah. Which, yeah, so I've been um, listening to some of their backlog, actually. Okay. <laughs> More than I've been caught up on the uh, new stuff. Although, I think The um, Wicker Man you'll enjoy. I mean, not oh, The Wicker Man, The, the, the Wolfman. And the then Wolfman. they've got The Wicker Man coming yeah. up. I've actually never watched the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, but I was a fan of the 70s one. Um, so, yeah, I need to get on that. <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about this the podcast, too, is, is that you don't have to have listened to right. or, or seen a movie, sorry, to listen right. to the podcast. Because uh, they, they talk about remakes in general. They spoof. Uh, they just talk about 
pop culture nonsense. It's a really easy flow and it's a, it's a lot yeah. of fun. So it is. Yeah, and uh, got- Anthony, Anthony uh-huh. and I also did a uh, crossover episode for his electric bookaloo um, oh, podcast no about the game of Thrones. Cool. Um, so it's about, so that'll be popping up in October and it's about okay. um, the influences of Poe, but specifically the house, the fall of the house of Usher on uh, the game of Thrones. Oh, uh, lore. Nice. nice. We also did a little 10 minute conversation about the friendship between George R. R. Martin and Robert Jordan, the author of the wheel of time. Oh, book. So, oh, yeah, cool. okay. yeah. Ooh, cool. I'm, I'm happy to hear this. I love it when, our extended lorehound community gets together and starts cooking, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, let's throw a little bit of this and a little of that into the stew. So awesome. Well, anyway, properly Howard. Uh, so they've got the wicker man. Oh, they just did the departed. And then we've got Cape fear, the thing and, and sorcerer all uh, in their next round of lineups. And then, yeah, Anthony has the electric bookaloo, which is a book by book, chapter by chapter, conversation and analysis of all the the song of ice and fire by george martin so check that out if you're into those things i think um that's it our last thing to do is to thank our patrons again we have a patreon you can find us at the lorehounds over there we have uh several tiers that you you know for as little as three bucks you can join and get ad free access and to all everything and uh early access as well Plus, we've got some exclusive things. John does a, a thing called Shire Side Chats, if you can say that five times fast. <laughs> we also have the Second Breakfast Podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> where can. we uh, where we talk about life and things that we're not um, podcasting about, as well as uh, Patreons get to write in and and ask us questions, or if that we even had a book report once uh, by one of our listeners. So it's it's a lot of fun, but we do like to thank our top tier subscribers, our lore masters, and they are Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter O H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T. Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwang Yu, Laura G, Deadeye, Jedi Bob, Nathan T, Alex V, and Aaron T. That list just wow. keeps yeah. sl- grow, slowly thank growing. You, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in, in what we do on our Patreon, you can get uh, a seven-day free trial now. It's a new feature that Patreon has, so you can check out some of our back catalog, check out some of the second breakfasts, and if it works for you, you can subscribe. But to all of our Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. Uh, ongoing support. Make sure that everybody in our community is taken care of and that we've got all the bits and bloops and things that we need to make this podcast a reality. Uh, okay, so we will be back in your feeds with the Loki season two, episode one, probably a few days. I know that week is a little bit crazy scheduling because uh, we all have some life things going on, but we'll probably hit that. Well, we just found out, too, that it's coming a little earlier. So I don't know if that's because they kind of advanced the clock on the release well, right it's only by a few hours it's still 3 a.m yeah. for me okay <laughs> yeah but are you gonna be wait are you gonna wake up at three <laughs> no because <laughs> i'm gonna be with my mom <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's yeah. right you have family visiting yeah. so 
Yeah. All right. So we will get the the episode one might be yeah, slightly delayed because of, of personal things, but trust that it's coming. And then hopefully we'll get into a regular groove for what do we got? Six or eight on that? Uh, six again, I think. Six, six. episodes. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on uh, our future coverages for all the other kind of stuff. Jean, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Alicia, always a pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I guess. To the TVA. (laughs) The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.